Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining us for the podcast version of our weekly message. We're so excited that you're here. If this resource has blessed you and you would like to consider supporting us, you can do so at valleychurch.us slash give. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider enjoying some of our other podcasts, including Take a Knee from Pastor David. All of these resources can be found on our website. If you don't have a local church that you're plugged into, we want to encourage you to visit us here at Valley in person. That's all I have for now. Enjoy this week's message. Hello, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. Thanks again for joining us. I tell you, well, let's take a quick moment, as we like to do, to pray. Lord, we ask you to bless our message today. Lord, open our hearts to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to all of us, Lord, especially concerning motherhood. Lord, it doesn't matter whether we're a man, a woman, or a child. Lord, this message, God, it's so biblical, so powerful. Lord, bless us and help us. And Lord, especially, God, to honor our moms today in a very biblical, powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thanks for joining us here today, and happy Mother's Day. Well, I want to begin with talking about mothers, of course, on this special day, a gift to all of mankind. We begin with that question, what is a mother? Well, we can't get to that quite yet, because we need to have another question, and that is, more importantly, what is a woman? Now, I know that's a big issue out there in the world right now, and it almost seems a little ridiculous that we have to ask that question, but today, let's begin with Scripture. Let's begin with Eve. Who was Eve? Well, she was the first woman, wasn't she? She was created by God. But let's not miss the real point here. She was created by God for Adam. Okay? So Adam and Eve were not created at the same time. Adam was created first. And God was looking for a suitable helper for Adam. And what did he do? He created out of his rib a woman. Okay? For him. And so that is her initial created purpose. And so she was never intended to exist without her created purpose, which was, of course, to make everything better, everything better, including Adam. Isn't that great? She was his helper by design. On that day that Eve arrived, Adam received an upgrade without question. Take a moment to join me in reading Genesis chapter 2, 20 through 24. It says, the Lord God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep, to a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up that place with flesh. And then the Lord God made the woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Now the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Notice Adam is the one who named her. For she was taken out of him. That is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Notice what he says. And Paul's going to capitalize this in his teachings in Scripture when he talks about there, especially in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, how there is a created order. And God created the woman for the man. So what is a woman? Well, she came from man. She was created for the man, and they were created to be one, one flesh. Adam noticed that. He knows that she came from him, and so he saw that they were together and to be one flesh forever. So one of the things that we see in Scripture here, without question, is that you can't think of a man without the woman, or you can't think of the woman without the man. This is what God, of course, has intended. So this phrase, one flesh, is very powerful. Again, Paul talks about it as being a very spiritual connection something that completes our very existence in this world. Because the woman was made for the man, it was always to remain a part 
of her purpose. And so it can be said that if she never marries, perhaps she never comes and becomes one with another man. We know that Scripture says that we all become one with him. We are the bride of Christ. So even in Christ, we can be complete until we meet with our Savior, the husband, so to speak, of all of the church on that particular day. So there are many proven studies, folks, out there that women are generally more motivated to give sacrificially and to serve, even giving their very life up for those she is called to serve. That's not a hard study to find. In fact, we see this with women in almost every capacity. This then explains motherhood. So I'm going to get into that today. Let's look at the first point in our study on what is a mother. Number one, mothers bring forth life. This is a powerful truth, isn't it? They are given the privilege and the gift to be able to share in the Creator's purpose. Think of that for a minute. That God gave women the ability to bring forth life. They carried children and their God-created or God-designed womb to then go on to carry them in their hearts forever. That's very powerful. In fact, when we as men, we look at women in that capacity, there's a little jealousy there that you as women, as mothers have been given this incredible gift to be able to partner with God to bring forth life. You know, I'm never going to forget my experience being in the labor delivery room with my wife, Andrea sharing the joy, but not having a clue as to what caring this child has been like for nine months and, and to labor and the hours that it took to bring forth all five of our children. And of course, then the painful delivery that came, which instantly was swallowed up in the victory of each of our little babies being placed there on her chest, seeing the babies cry and, and her heart knowing, being filled with the reality that she brought forth this child. There's nothing more of a miracle in my mind that I have been able to witness with three boys and two girls. We can never diminish, folks. We can never diminish the power of a woman's pride and joy in bringing forth her progeny. We, as their children, and of course we all have been born of women, right? But we, as their children, we honor this. And God's so determined that we always do this honoring that he made it a part of the Ten Commandments by saying this, honor your father and your mother that it may go well with you and enjoy a long life here on this earth. So God has called us to say we should always honor this place of motherhood and for so many reasons. But number one, it's because they gave us life. And that is a very powerful truth that we can never take away. This doesn't mean that, of course, as I joke here for a moment, that they brought us into the world that can't take us out, as they have joked, I'm sure, from time to time. But I'll tell you this, I wouldn't bet on that. Our moms and dads, our moms in particular, can get pretty intense sometimes. But let's move on to the second point. So a mother's love really creates nurture that helps her offspring, her children, develop into whole people. Again, this is something that we see. I mean, all of us can witness this. But there have been many studies that show that when children are nurtured by their mother from the moment they come out of the womb, by design, that nurture, that connection, that true love and power is going to help them develop into the whole person, that whole human being that God created them to be. So again, this is something that children will experience, know, and of course we will carry with us the rest of our life. The problem is sometimes we allow others to take this place. 
And that's not a good thing. That might just explain why we see so much happening in this world and in our society today in people. They just are lacking the nurture that was God-given from the mothers that God has supplied. So it's been said it takes a village to raise a child. I don't believe in that. I believe it takes a committed, present, and nurturing mom. Let's look at the second point. What is a mother? Mothers are sustainers. They bring sustenance. They're given the burden and the ability to feed their children, from nursing to preparing meals. They continue with the heart to provide throughout a child's life. And we watch the birds as they fly. I know you do the same thing as they go away. The eggs are in there when the babies come and they're chirping. We see this in nature all the time. The mother has this instinct of continuing to bring sustenance to their children. And again, this is something we're grateful for. This is an instinct that comes straight from God. You know, my mom, she's probably listening to this right now. Being a farmer's daughter, she would cook big meals for us. And I came from a family of seven. And I remember her bringing in the Dutch oven and she would take it and she would put it in the middle of the table and we were all going to eat this big meal, some kind of a casserole that she would make for us. And I remember one particular time that one of us, and it wasn't me, had complained about the meal. And my mom picked up that Dutch oven and she dumped it in the sink. And I got to tell you, that was an awesome move on her part. You know, why was she so upset? Because it's not just a meal, folks. It's a labor of love. When moms take care of us and they feed us and they do this for us, this is, again, an instinct. It's a labor of love on their parts. My wife, Andrea, she's an awesome cook. And the only reward she ever gets on this side of heaven is our praise, my praise even in particular, for her hard work and her researching of the meals to find out what something creative she can make for us. In fact, when I see her watching her cooking shows, I love to just tiptoe away and say, oh no, I'm not gonna interrupt that because I know that's gonna produce great meals for us. She's an awesome cook and is always looking for great ideas for us. So that's also why some ladies are prompted to keep making meals even after their children leave. And that is, we always have this innate desire to continue to feed and to sustain. Got to see that in mamas. And that is a wonderful thing that God has put inside their heart. So number three is that mothers, they protect. They're protectors. Nothing is more powerful than a mother who protects her children. And there's no doubt about that. You know what? It's been said, don't mess with mom. And that is so absolutely true. In fact, in Genesis chapter 27, you'll see that Rebecca, now Rebecca, remember she had Esau and Jacob. And she knew from the beginning when those two boys were being brought forth that they were going to fight. There was a conflict in between them. And Jacob was born last, but he was grabbing the heel. And so she knew instinctively by the Spirit of God that Jacob was going to rule his brother. She knew that Jacob was going to be the one who would carry forth the absolute blessing of God. The purpose of God is bringing forth the covenant. How did she know? Well, just moms know. In fact, in Genesis chapter 7, when it came to protecting that, it's amazing what Rebecca did. She actually said, may the curse be upon me. She was willing to be cursed for the protection and for the bringing forth of what God had for her son Jacob. That is an amazing thing. Maybe a misguided love, but without question, that's what we see in a mother. She is so wanting to protect the God-given call on a child's life. And that's what moms do. They protect. So that's why when women are tempted to not protect life, 
They are influenced by a massive delusion, in my opinion, that is antithetical, that it's unethical, it's unbiblical, and of course, it's immoral. In other words, to think otherwise is wholly incompatible to a woman's created purpose. For a woman to be tempted to not protect the life that God has given her is just outside the bounds of how God created a mother to be. So moms have this sixth sense when it comes to the safety of their children. And I have seen this even in Andrea, my wife, who is like almost had spider woman type reflexes to be able to protect our children, to know, to wonder, to say, to whenever he traveled, she would almost know, I better call. Or when my oldest son, Taylor, he almost walked into traffic in a parking lot and she just was able to snatch him up with reflexes that were almost supernatural. That is because it's instinctual. It's something that God has placed in the heart of every mom. Again, that's a reason why we celebrate them. It's a reason why they are such an amazing person that God has created here on the planet. Moms have a very hard time turning this off, this protective desire. So if they keep calling you after you become an adult and you leave home, checking up on you, do your best to humor them because remember, they love you and they have this desire. They carried you. And so they're always going to want to protect you for the rest of their lives. I will always honor my wife, Andrea, as the mother of our children in so many ways, but two in particular that I can think of. What she gave up to be an excellent mother, her desire to protect and for her children to become what God has called them to be, she is willing to lay aside even her own desires. This is a godly thing. This is a powerful thing. This is absolutely a biblical thing. And I'm so grateful for her doing that because I see it in our children. I see it in so many ways. The second thing that I'm so grateful for is what she does for no one's praise. Recently, I was talking about the secret place, the thing that we do in secret so that we'll be honored openly there out of the Sermon on the Mount. And I've seen that in my wife. And I've seen that in many women, that when they sacrifice to stay at home, to educate their children, to pour into them, this again is a mighty, mighty gift, a mighty gift. And I'm so grateful to her because as her husband and as a father, I know this is a gift that is, that is beyond any ability to count or measure without question. And to describe what a mother is, they are house builders, or maybe just say they know how to build a home. And you know, when we get married, we purchase a house together. She's given the house, but only a woman, only a mother can make it into a home without question. All one has to do is to observe a pregnant woman, a pregnant wife, and watch her nesting instincts begin to kick in. She's building, gathering materials for her nest. My counsel to any dad who's got a pregnant wife is just get out of the way, provide the materials, and let her do what God has called and given her to do. I want to read from Proverbs chapter 31, because when you think about a woman and her busyness and her wanting to build a home, check this out says here, she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected in the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. I'm getting tired just reading about what she does. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. 
There's no doubt in my mind that what they're talking about is a pregnant mother. <laughs> all of this is going on, all of this energy and this desire to build a home. See, this is a God thing. And we're so grateful to our mothers and to our wives who are mothers for all of that, for embracing that. Again, it's a powerful position of honor. Well, what happens if maybe the mother or the wife says, but I want to be seated at the city gate. I want to be the one sitting there. Well, that means you can't do two things at once. It means you can't do the things which bring you the high honor and praise. See, notice that what she does there, the Proverbs 31 mother, does these things so that her children rise and call her blessed. So give that a thought. Just remember, not all rewards, not all accolades are received here. In fact, Jesus says those who do the great things that nobody sees, but yet are as unto him, will be rewarded and a reward waiting for us in heaven. So that's an amazing thing. Once again, what is a mother? She's a provider. She is a builder. Fifthly, mothers provide a shoulder to cry upon, but also they give us the first taste of discipline. So they're disciplinarians, but they're also shoulders. There is always this balance of what a mother brings. See, my story, when I was a young man, actually I was just a little kid, and I remember playing backyard football with my buddies, and I remember I was losing, and I got really angry, and I was kind of a big kid, big and strong, and it was actually, the way it was is there was more of them than me because I was so big, and so anyway, they were able to easily beat me because of being many more of them than me. Well, I got angry, and I tackled this one kid so hard that I broke his arm. remember hearing it. And I remember it was all out of rage and anger. And when I went home, my mom was so upset about it. That very night, I was supposed to be going to a Weebelow's award ceremony. I was going to be receiving some awards for some of the things that I had done. And she would not let me go because she knew what I had done. And I remember to this very day of how I cried and I begged and she stood her ground. She was teaching me character. And you know, it's been said that fathers teach their children courage, but mothers teach their children character. And I'm so very grateful for that. Not only in my mom, but also in my wife as a mother. She is so dedicated to teaching our children what's right and what's wrong and being quick to discipline, but also being there quick to be able to come and be that shoulder that we can share what's going on in our lives. So it's been my experience, but not everyone's, but often our moms will come to our defense very quickly if they know that we're hurting. And nothing beats a mama's compassion, which in the end is why we miss them so much. Because I know there are some of us that are watching this and that are going to be gathering together on Sunday that our moms are no longer with us. And when we think about them, we have pleasant thoughts. We also have struggles. We can think through these different things. But just knowing that they're there, you know, this often misguided love sometimes is something that we could really, really miss. So then we come to the sixth and final reason why we love our mothers so much and why they should be honored is that mothers will always support and believe in their children forever. They just do. It can be said that Mary, as mama, had a certain pull. You think of Mary and Jesus. They were at a wedding. They're at the wedding at Cana, and they ran out of wine. And Mary, of course, is compassionate. It must have been a family member, a cousin, I think. And so she looks at Jesus and says, they're out of wine. What are you going to do about it? And Jesus is like, look, it's not my time. I can't do a miracle. You know I shouldn't do a miracle quite yet. And yet Mary has that kind of pull, maybe that look, and she kind of throws him out there and says, hey, do whatever he tells you to do. And so isn't it interesting that even Jesus, the Son of God, Mama could pull 
She believed in him. She had that pull and that drawing him out to become what it is that the Father had called him to be. So that's an amazing thing. Jesus did not, in the end, when we think of Mary, he didn't abandon her as some might think. Jesus, as he ministered, was always thinking. And at times, there's no doubt in my mind that Mary was there. There was some concern that Mary had come and maybe she thought that he was kind of getting out of control. But I think deep in her heart, Mary always knew that Jesus was fulfilling what it was that God had called him to do. And she was committed to that. And that's the way mothers are. Mothers are committed to us. And they'll always have this. And now it can be broken. It may not operate exactly the way that we would hope it to operate. But nothing can take that away. I think of people, the testimony of their life when they were children, just how much mothers would come and help them and strengthen them. Even though I had memories of discipline, I have many, many more memories of my mother encouraging me, strengthening, especially after I became a young man. In fact, I remember I was having doubts about going back to Bible college and the particular Bible college that I had gone to. And I remember that night that we were sitting together at the table and she looked at me, she goes, David, in just the most gentle way that she could to say, I really believe that God has called you to go back there. She didn't threaten me. She didn't use manipulation. She just shared her heart. And I knew it was genuine because again, moms love us. They believe in us and they're going to support us and believe in us. And even sometimes when we're a little out of whack, they just smile and are patient and they wait upon us. And we're so grateful for that. Again, my adult children, I love watching them continuing to come back to their mother to receive that kind of encouragement. And it's the kind of thing that in this life is a gift from God. And if we push our mothers away or if we don't see the hand of God on them, that sometimes we can forfeit that gift that God is wanting to give to us. And so when we think about mothers, I want to finish with this. That motherhood, when we look at it biblically, when we look at it the way God has designed it to be, it is a God idea. I know what the world is trying to do. It's confused about even what a woman is. But you know what? God is not confused. God was never confused. And when we begin to see his heart and we see it play out, especially in the gift of motherhood, there is no doubt there is so much power there. There is so much energy. There's so much grace that can be poured into our lives. You know, I want to say even something else as I finish here, that you might not have had a natural mother that you were very close to. And sometimes God, and this is an amazing thing too, that God can create spiritual mamas and spiritual fathers that can speak into our lives. Paul even said that. He says, you know, you may not have many fathers. You may not have many mothers, but the ones that God provides, they can be a real impact in your life. And you know what? When we look at that from a spiritual point of view, isn't that amazing that God will always provide that, whether it be in the natural or in the spirit? Again, it's a God thing. When we think of motherhood, it is the greatest example of heavenly love and care that can be found on this earth. Not even close. Motherhood. To diminish it, to despise it, to ignore it, is to ignore God in his absolute love for his creation. But more specifically, that love that he has for the mothers themselves, the mothers of this world, who share and carry his burden for his people like nothing or no one else. There's no doubt in my mind that God looks at mothers today. For those who are willing to embrace the full calling of motherhood, there's a grace, there's a power, there's an anointing, and there is a blessing.
And I want to encourage you mamas out there. I want to encourage you to let you know that God sees what you have done. God sees the sacrifice. He sees the pain. He sees all of it. There is, of course, going to be a reward when our children rise up and call you blessed. But more importantly, is what God sees and what you will receive at the end of this race in heaven. So know that. I know we miss some of our mothers that have gone on to be with the Lord. And I want to encourage you that if you have a moment even today to call your mom, to send them a card, to encourage them, to tell them how much you appreciate them. So I tell you, let's finish here today and let's ask God to give us a heart, to give us an appreciation. And let's pray that this world will remember and to make motherhood great again, maybe. I'll tell you what, let's pray together. Father, I thank you again for the gift of motherhood. Lord, that's not something that I can experience as a man. Lord, but it's what I can watch, and I've seen it. I look in Scripture. Lord, I have had a mother who poured into my life and loved me. And Lord, I'm very grateful for that. And yet, you have also given me a wife, Lord, who functions as a mother for our five children. And Lord, so that I can stand and sit in the city gate and be honored and do what you've called me to do, knowing that the arrows that you've given to us are being cared for, are being protected, that are being provided for, that are being loved and nurtured, and being, again, all of the wonderful things that, Lord, we see and know. And I pray right now, God, for every mother that is listening to this, Lord, I know, and, and may they be encouraged, that even though if they did not do it perfectly, and no one does, but a little bit of mothering goes a long, long way. And Lord, I pray that God, even if there's any sense of shame or brokenness that's out there, and anyone who's listening to this today, that maybe even have felt hurt from their mothers, that God, right now that you would heal that. Lord, we give all of that to you. And Lord, yet, even in the midst of this call to honor our mothers, and I pray, God, that we would do that. And as a result, Lord, we would receive the gift, Lord, of grace, Lord, a gift of a free heart, and Lord, the ability to praise the mothers of our life, both natural and spiritual, Lord, till the end of our days. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We pray that it has encouraged you and that you have left here better equipped to expand the kingdom of God than when you began. Again, we want to encourage you to join us here physically if you do not have a local church home. If this resource has blessed you, please consider supporting us at valleychurch.us. Until next time, take care and God bless.